All right, David, how we doing? You know what we're going to do? Let's pretend like the last minute and a half. Let's start over. Didn't happen. And so uh, let's do this. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Volvo Bodio, rubber ducky, joy of joy. Well. When I squeeze you, you make... I think we all need a bath. (laughs) Oh, just Calgon, take Take me away. Take me away. Well, hello, everyone. I apologize for that. I had my setting to just a little bit off by about three seconds. Well, that's okay. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. And that's a good thing. (laughs) And it's a rubber ducky kind of a day. You know what? It's National Rubber Ducky Day. So what more could you ask for? On a Friday the 13th of all things. <laughs> is it Friday? I didn't even occur to me that today's Friday the 13th. It is Friday the 13th. Right here on the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, enduring that uh, first open there. That was a little little echo. But it, it, you know what? In my mind, it's completely gone. Okay. And in fact, when the podcast comes up this afternoon... People won't even know You'll anything happened. Never know that happened. That's <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, how are you? You're running around. You're a little uh, a little scattered today. Uh, you well, do, uh... you know, at the last second here, I found a great article, a news article that I want to cover, and I had a news uh, a sound clip from Bishop Robert Barron. Oh yeah. And a great event is beginning to happen. So I thought I I don't want to miss this news report. So at the and I looked at the clock and I went, uh Yeah. I don't have a whole <laughs> lot of time, but I gotta get this though. I quickly got it ready and then I ran in here going, okay, I'll I'll, I'll finish <laughs> it up during the uh, interview. But uh, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't get things quite lined up. That's uh, okay. But. But nonetheless, stay with us because you're going to be so glad that I grabbed this clip of Bishop Barron. All of that just for you, our wonderful listeners, what we to go make through. sure that you have the up-to-date story. So <laughs> anyway, well, thank you for doing that. That's awfully nice of you. Oh, well, good. But everything I can do to make the morning go more smoothly for you, yes, regardless of what it does for my <laughs> schedule and time frame. <laughs> What I, think, I try to do. I think what you ought to do today is go buy yourself a Mega Millions ticket. Because so the tonight's the tonight. drawing. Tonight's the night. Okay. So, now, yes. what is the jackpot at uh, now? At last time I looked, I think it was like $1.35 billion. That's with a B. $1.35 billion. Wow. So there you go. So Mega Mil- So our two lottery options, Mega, Billi- Mega Millions... And Powerball. Yes. Right? That's correct. And and are they in the same number of states? Uh, I believe they're pretty close, yeah. And the statistics for winning either one is about the same. <laughs> yes, it's, let's just say it's astronomical. Uh, you know what, in all the years that I played, and really, I mean, if I look at all of the scratchers that I've ever purchased, the, the lottery, I think, you know, at the time yeah. when I was younger, California lottery, Powerball, Mega Millions, I don't think I've ever won $10. Really? Yeah. I don't ever, like, I've I've gotten scratchers that paid me back like $2 or sure. yeah. uh, maybe, but, well, but not ever more you're, than that. You're not alone on that because why do you think lotteries make it? Make so much money. That's right. People, they make it off of people like me, who (laughs) even though I'm not even one a scratcher, uh, I I continue to buy them because somehow it feels like, ooh, 
I'm going to win. That's it. Well, you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. we got a great show ahead. It is a Friday, so uh, we're looking forward to it. All right. Well, yeah. as I said, Bishop Robert Barron has a wonderful event starting. While you might not be able to get to Texas, you still can get in on the action. So I'm going to have that story for you. We're going to start things this morning now with Joshua Blakesley and Sing Alleluia. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
it is Joshua Blakesley and sing Alleluia. It's 711 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday the 13th. Enjoy the day. I think nice that was the today. cause of my issue in the morning was. today. I, I think it was. <laughs> well, coming up next, we are going to talk to our good friend, Miriam Marston, Blazing the Trail. We're going to talk about how ordinary time, not that ordinary. So stay with us after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Day Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MaterDayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, under cloudy skies again today, rain falling throughout the day. Temperatures also real mild today, highs into the low 50s. Now, there's an avalanche advisory in effect for the Washington Cascades and Mount Hood outback area. Mm. That's kind of interesting. So please be careful if you are heading up to the mountain this weekend. Overnight, we cool to the mid-50s. Then rain continues through the weekend. As we head into next week, looks like temperature is going to drop just a little bit. Yeah, probably that warmer weather creates the loosening snow. That's kind of my guess. But yeah, be careful if you're heading up there. Uh, 48 degrees at St. Ignatius Church in Portland. And 47 degrees at Seton Catholic High School in Vancouver. 
Well, she is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30, right here on Mater Day Radio, or anytime on your Hail Mary Media app. She is also the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. We welcome to the show, for the first time in 2023, it's Miriam Marston. Happy New Year, Miriam! Happy New Year. Hey, it's great to be on with you this morning. Yeah, did you have a nice holiday? I was. It was really wonderful. Great Christmas season, a wonderful New Year's. I had a birthday in there. Hey, so happy it was, birthday. It was great. Thank you, you. You know, I was thinking about you when I was getting ready to talk, because I know you're a singer, and the mm. Christmas season, so many wonderful songs. Did you have a favorite Christmas song that you always like to sing? Yeah, well, it's it's one actually I never get to sing, but I always love to hear, and that's Oh Holy Night. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe one of these years I'll sing it, but I, I definitely love to hear it. But um, I think for me the highlight, uh, I did get to participate in our music ministry over the Christmas season because normally I'm working on Sundays because of faith formation classes, but I have a few weeks during the year where I can join the choir, which I really love. Um, and I think singing Silent Night mm. when the lights kind of go down and we're just all singing together because it's a song that um, really everyone knows too. So I love hearing the congregation sing. Yeah, that is beautiful. I always love that part of Mass too, when they bring the lights down and yeah, it's really beautiful. Well, here we are in the new year. You have any New Year's resolutions? Let's see, be a saint. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Hey, step by step. That's the the resolution is just again to stay the course and uh, just keep following where the Lord wants to lead me. You know, when I watched over the Christmas season, it was it happened to be on TV. It kind of caught me by surprise. The Chosen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. They've just started season three as well. We're about halfway through it, and it is just wonderful. Yeah, for listeners who haven't checked it out yet, it is not too late. Definitely check out The Chosen. And this was a special Chosen episode. It was on the birth of Jesus. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. And so it was very good, because I, I know you had told me about it, and so it's like I came across, it's like, oh, I'm going to watch it. And it was. It was very good. So uh, thanks for giving me the heads up on that. I really enjoyed it. Happy so. to, yeah. Well, again... Ordinary time now. We've gotten through the holiday season, the Christmas season. We enter ordinary time on the church calendar, but I think you and I would both agree that it's not really ordinary time if you choose to make it that way. Isn't that so true? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a little bit of a misnomer just because uh, we call it ordinary just to really indicate that these are the numbered weeks kind of leading us through the liturgical year. But really, it's the... uh, a time of continued growth and conversion, um, and so it's definitely not seasons where we want to press pause on our spiritual lives. That's very important, or else the color wouldn't be green in the veterans. Right, green is it's a, Exactly. So a constant invitation to to deeper conversion. Um, you know, we hear we'll hear a lot about um, in the Gospels about Jesus's ministry, his teachings. What do we need to? to know to live these days well, uh, day after day. Um, And really the Church spends more time in ordinary time than any other part of the liturgical year. We have a little stretch of it here between Christmas and the start of Lent. So we've got Ash Wednesday on February 22nd this year. Then we'll pick up ordinary time again. That's a long stretch uh, after Pentecost up until Advent. So really just a a great time to just... um, you know, look at just kind of where our life is grounded. And David, as I was preparing for our conversation, I went to um, the Gospel of Luke, actually. I mm. I was reflecting on the, the last really glimpse we see of Jesus before um, he enters into that 
sort of the, what we call the hidden years, the quiet years of Nazareth, because, of course, then he emerges from that around age 30 to begin his earthly ministry. But there's that whole stretch of time where he's living and working in Nazareth. Right. Okay? The last really story we have is when Jesus is accidentally left behind in the temple. Yes, <laughs> and that's right, yeah. his parents come back, and, and he's 12 years old at the time. And he says to Mary and Joseph, well, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And those are those kind of his last words before, again, the, the evangelist Luke tells us, and then, you know, he goes back to Nazareth, and mm-hmm. Jesus advances in wisdom and age. And I was sitting with that and thinking, you know, as, as we enter into those seasons that are maybe a little more quiet or hidden or, or just feel more ordinary, do we uh, sort of reflect on, have we emerged from the Father's house? Mm. Or is that where really the, the source is? Because for, for Jesus, it was so clear. Well, yes, this is, this is where I was going to be. So I was thinking about that in terms of our own lives, like uh, especially with what's at the, at the center of, of our life. What are we, how are we entering into these, this season of ordinary time? Are we emerging from our Father's house? Well, where else would we be? Are we coming from a place of worship and of prayer, of uh, relationship with God, I think of the Eucharist, too. Yeah. You know, is that the, the house that we're coming out of and, and moving through this season? So it was just an image to sit with, um, again, before Jesus enters this quiet time in Nazareth. Um, it all comes from him spending that time in his Father's house. Yeah. You know, it just as you're talking about that, something just really struck me, talking about that quiet time from the last time we hear about Jesus as, as the youth— and then again as he emerges into his ministry and that time period and and you wonder what was going on at that time and he was living his life probably interacting with people in nazareth but how was he acting and it makes you think of okay how am i acting and you know what am i reflecting out into the world and what was jesus reflecting out into the world and quote that quiet time you get what i'm saying there I do, and I, I'm so glad you raised that, because what when we really reflect, this is Jesus. This is We're talking the second person of the Trinity who comes to dwell among us, and he, what does he do? He, he cooks food. Yeah. He sweeps the floor. He toils. He works. He, and and what, what happens here is he opens up this extraordinary possibility, really, to show how these, these smallest of actions and gestures and deeds, and that they can be sanctified. That he, he shows us that these are, these are holy moments as well. That yes, even in the course of ordinary daily life, the fact that God enters into, into those moments and shows us how to, to live out just a, extraordinarily yeah. um, in, in the course of the, in that daily work, um, the, the possibilities that open up there are just wonderful because we realize there's no missed opportunity to grow in holiness. There's right. no missed chance to grow and to um, deepen our friendship with God, Does that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and every person that you encounter every day, what are you reflecting when you encounter people, when you are working, when you're in the store, when you're shopping, whatever you're doing, right. what are you reflecting into the world? Right. And we don't need to wait for kind of the those um, 
perhaps people might say, oh, they're really exciting seasons like Advent or Christmas right, yeah. or Easter. No, let's not wait for those seasons. That's what I love about ordinary time. And, you know, I've shared this with you, that I do have a soft spot for this season right. because this is where God worked in a particularly powerful way in my own life, was just in the most unexpected kind of ordinary moment. Mm-hmm. So I know it's possible, but the, the, the idea here is we, we mustn't wait until kind of the next sort of exciting season. No, 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 this is where it's lived out. The way that Jesus lived out his, his life in that quietness, in the, the hiddenness of Nazareth, right. that's where things were happening. And it's no different for us, just like you say. Um, we can continue to reflect that life, that love of Christ, just throughout the day, throughout the year. Well, and wasn't it uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, just kind of the little way? Exactly. And and it's so encouraging, isn't it? Because if it were not the little way, I, I think we would very quickly just, we wouldn't know where to start, David. We That's wouldn't, right. we would just kind of get discouraged immediately. Because, yes. <laughs> because really, truly, life is lived out in these little ways. I just find a great hope in that, that Jesus himself provides the blueprint for that by his own own life to say, hey, this is where you grow in holiness. This is where it happens. And don't wait. Don't wait for it the next season or just don't put it off. This is, this is where it happens. That's right. Well, it may be ordinary time on the calendar, but it's not really ordinary. She is Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, heard Wednesday evening, 730 right here on Mater Day Radio, anytime on your Hail Mary Media app, and the wonderful Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. Miriam, thanks for your thoughts on Ordinary Time. Always appreciate it. Go out there, and uh, we'll all have a wonderful day. It's great to speak with you. Have a blessed day. All right. God bless. And it is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. Oh, n- another great discussion with our good friend Miriam Marston. Mm-hmm. You know, her show Blazing the Trail airs right here at Mater Day Radio on Wednesdays. If you download the free Hail Mary media app, though, you'll have access to all of her past shows. And she has had some amazing guests on there. So download that today. And while you're looking there, well, you can find podcasts of all our locally produced shows, plus that great library of audio and text prayers. It is the free Hail Mary media app. Download it today. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, 
consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio and some encouraging new numbers from the American Cancer Society. We'll have those for you coming up. And the intersection of faith and science will be the topic of discussion from top theologians and scientists. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Matt Redman and Bless the Lord. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The song comes up.
Lord is Matt Redmond and bless the Lord. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, the Word on Fire Institute announced its inaugural Wonder Conference, a conference on faith and science as an opportunity to engage with theologians and other experts on important issues at the intersection of the Catholic faith and secular culture. Bishop Robert Barron joined EWTN News Nightly to tell us more. I think it's one of the most compelling issues of our time, because when you survey young people and you ask them, why are you, why did you leave the church? Very often the answer comes back because religion and science are incompatible. And, and if they're set up as, as opponents, who's going to win today? Well, the sciences are going to win. I've been against this for years. I've been speaking out against this way of understanding the, the, the issue. And so this conference is dedicated to the coming together of faith and science. We have some high-level science people coming. We have some very high-level faith people coming. And we want to demonstrate at this conference that this um, opposition between faith and science is, is, is false. Well, keynote and speakers include more time with Bishop Robert Barron, also Father Robert Spitzer, and Father Joaquin Osterman. David, I've been following this uh, conference. Yeah. It's on our community calendar. It sold out a couple months ago. Yeah, I it's, bet you it would be interesting it's to It's going hear. to be yeah. a huge event. Fortunately, there is an online opportunity for you to participate and see huh. all of those speakers. So it sounds like for a first-year event, it's already a huge success and uh, hopefully more to come. Yeah, that's great. Well, the American Cancer Society has some encouraging new numbers. It reports that the rate of people dying from cancer in the United States has continuously declined over the past three decades. The U.S. cancer death rate has fallen 33% since 1991, which corresponds to an estimated 3.8 million deaths averted, according to the report. Now, the report attributes this steady progress to improvements in cancer treatment, drops in smoking, and increases in early detection. The new report found that five-year relative survival rate for all cancers combined has increased from 49% for diagnosis in the mid-70s to 68% for diagnosis during 2012 to 2018. The cancer types that have now have the highest survival rates are thyroid at 98% and prostate at 97%. Wow. It's impressive. That is really impressive. Well, Starbucks corporate employees, well, they will be returning to the office at least three days a week by the end of this month. Starting January 30th, employees within commuting distance will be required to report to the coffee giant's headquarters. Now, the memo didn't specify what qualified as commuting distances, but workers close to regional offices will also be required to come in three days a week, although the specific days aren't mandated. Now, the coffee giant's corporate workforce has been working remotely since the start of the pandemic. In September, Starbucks asked those workers to work from the office one to two days a week. But CEO Howard Schultz wrote in a memo to employees Wednesday that badging data showed employees were not adhering to that directive. Starbucks isn't the only company that has recently mandated a stricter return to office policy. CEO Bob Iger, who has returned for his second leadership stint at Disney, 
told employees on Monday that they must return to the office. Elon Musk set even higher expectation for in-office attendance at Twitter after, after he acquired the social media company. And Apple mandated employees return to work three days a week back in September. All right. You know, speaking of Disney, who won, Who wouldn't want to return to the Magic Kingdom? It's the happiest place on That's Earth, right. David. Come on. <laughs> Well, some sad news in the entertainment world this morning. The only child of late Elvis Presley and his wife Priscilla, Lisa Marie Presley, died yesterday after suffering apparent cardiac arrest. She was just 54. Presley was transported by first responders to West Hills Hospital Medical Center after an episode of cardiac arrest earlier Thursday at her home in Calabasas, California, according to her mother, who thanked everyone for their love and prayers. Presley's death comes just several days after her and her mother attended the Golden Globe Awards in Los Angeles to support the movie Elvis. Actor Austin Butler, who portrayed her dad in the film, ended up winning Best Actor. Now, Lisa Marie Presley had several high-profile marriages during her life, including to the late singer Michael Jackson and actress, actor Nicolas Cage. So, yeah. I was right. so shocked to read that, and I had to read it again because at first I thought, Priscilla Presley. Right. And then when I realized it's their daughter mm-hmm. uh, between her and Elvis. Yeah. Wow. So, so sad. Just 54. Oh, I, I'm, I'm real sad to hear that. We'll pray for her yes. soul and for her family and for children she leaves behind. Yes. She has, I think, twins. Yeah, who are, I think four kids overall. Yeah, yeah, teenagers. Well, if you think traffic around the Portland metro area is becoming worse... You may be right. A transportation analysis firm released a new report detailing how traffic congestion stacked up among major cities across the United States in 2022. I couldn't believe this when I read it, David. Portland ranked as the 12th most congested U.S. city and 37th worldwide. Wow. Yeah, we are up there, according to the annual Global Traffic Scorecard. Now, this firm looked at congestion and mobility trends in more than a thousand cities across 50 countries. And the Rose City didn't even fare as well as its uh, northwest metropolitan neighbor, Seattle. They placed 93rd nationally. That surprises me. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah, not only is congestion an issue for Portland drivers, the firm also found that it caused people to waste time and money. The average driver lost 72 hours sitting in traffic, which came with a cost of $1,216. Now, that amount of time lost is 50% increase compared to 2021, but it's below uh, 19%. From the 2019 COVID pandemic shutdown. Huh. All right. You know, I could see that with Portland because, you know, Portland, the area used to be very small. It sure. wasn't that big. And of course, the roads then were built for the smaller communities. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, you know, population explosion. And can the roads right. keep up? And plus, then you also consider the number of people who are working from home, which yeah. meant. They could live anywhere, mm-hmm. too. And so I think that kind of increased. Here's the top in the country. Yeah. Number one, worst uh, congestion and cost, Chicago, Illinois. Interesting. Okay. Followed by Boston, Massachusetts, New York City, Philadelphia, and Miami. Any guesses as to the worst traffic in the world? 
Ooh, that is a good question. I, you know, I think one of the populous cities in the world, Mexico City, but I don't know what their transportation yeah, is like. That's a, actually, that's a really good guess, though this one did surprise me because I thought of maybe an Asian country, yeah. uh, Singapore, or Hong Kong, you know, you Tokyo. hear of the, Yeah, Tokyo. Turns out it's a London. Oh, okay. Has the worst traffic. And I guess the thinking is, is whereas those other larger cities might be better equipped to handle mm. lots of cars on the road. London, though, was number one. Chicago, of course, because our number yeah. one. Paris, Boston, and New York. So yeah. We've got the worst traffic among the top five in the world. I think of that uh, in Paris, the traffic circles where you can't get out can't of it. Can't get set. out of yeah, it. that's right. You're in. You're, <laughs> you're in for good. In sports, the Portland Trail Blazers losing streak continues. Last night at the Moda Center, the Blazers fell to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 119-113. to If you're keeping track, that's five losses in a row for Portland, who has now dropped nine of its last 11 overall. All-star guard Damian Lillard did his part, though. He scored 50 points. Portland hosts the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow evening. Men's college hoops down in Corvallis, Oregon State, fell to ninth-ranked Arizona, 86-74. to in Eugene, Oregon lost to Arizona State 90 to 73. The Lone Bright Spot. Yes. Right at the Child Center. Oh, right up yes. here at the Child Center. University of Portland defeated the San Francisco Dons 92 to 87. So go pilots. While Roman Catholics are accustomed to the annual blessing of water at the Easter vigil, Eastern Christians perform a similar ceremony on Epiphany. And this particular feast in the Eastern Church has multiple levels to it, and one of those is the commemoration of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. In addition to a solemn blessing of water within the church building, many Orthodox and Byzantine Christians will schedule a time to bless the nearest source of living water, whether that be a lake, river, or even the ocean. And in some regions, such as Eastern Europe, an additional tradition involves throwing and retrieving across into the source of water to symbolize Christ's blessing of the Jordan River. So here's what happened. The tradition is a priest surrounded by brave young men throws a cross into the sea from either the harbor or from a boat at sea. Now, the minute the cross leaves the priest's hands, the divers jump into the freezing water to catch the cross. And the lucky one who finds it and returns the cross is blessed by a priest. And the cross is victoriously brought back. The priest releases a white dove as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Now, this tradition is carried out to commemorate the baptism of Lord and to bless the waters. Now, oftentimes a rope will be tied around the cross in case it's a little too dangerous to dive into the water. And the tradition is a beautiful one with rich symbolism behind it, helping the Christian faithful recall Christ's baptism in a very powerful way. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this evening at 6.30, it's a Catholic friendship group gathering at St. Brigida Catholic Church here in Portland. Catholic single people ages 40 to 60 are invited for prayer, followed by a talk in discussion on miracles. They ask you to please RSVP by email. And you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, Dina Marie going to join us next. She's going to tell us about a need at Our Lady of Peace Retreat House. It's right after the forecast. 
Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. 744 at Mater Day Radio. Well, pretty consistent forecast. About an 80% chance of rain right on through the weekend. Highs in the low 50s, lows in the mid 40s. Currently, it is 49 degrees at St. Cyril Catholic Church in Wilsonville. And 52 degrees at St. Peter's Church in Eugene. Well, our faith well, calls us to be there for one another. And the beauty of our faith is, well, when something happens, we can be there for somebody. And likewise, when we need help, well, our friends come to help us also. Well, now is the time that we can come together and support our sisters at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center here in Beaverton. Joining me today to talk about an upcoming event where we can support our sister, it is our good friend, Dina Marie. She's joining me today to talk about how, well, we can help in a little bit of heating and cooling for Our Lady of Peace. Good morning, Dina Marie. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, good morning, Brenda. It's always great to be part of the morning team here, the morning blend. And yeah, weather right now, we're thinking about getting warmer. But I know in the summertime, the summertime is when this issue happened where it was getting hot and there was no way to cool things off. And we found out at the retreat center that 70 years, the pipes that would heat and cool the system, <laughs> you know, after 70 years, things just don't work. Happens in our bodies. It happens with our our homes as well. And so last year, it was a big, big, um, a lot of contractors came in, a lot of advice, a lot of looking to see, well, what's happening with the heating and cooling at Our Lady of Peace? And we found out that a whole new system would need to be installed to keep our retreatants comfortable in the summer and in the winter. So for every season, you need a little heat, a little cool. Uh, we were without for a bit until we discovered um, that we needed to do a, a whole re- redo at the center and you know what so many people have come together to help and we've got more opportunities i think for people to give and to support the sisters to keep our retreat center going for the next decade and the yeah. next decade and the next decade 
Well, for sure, you know, the sisters there are always eager and willing and available to help us to bring beautiful retreats together. Speakers come in, retreatants come and stay there at the guest house. So this is one of those things where now those of us who have benefited from having the retreat center can give back in a very special way. So this heating and cooling system has been put in place, but... There's a bill that comes with that. So now the sisters are working to get that under control because, boy, having bills like that looming over can make it difficult for them to be able to really provide other services that they need to. So they're asking on the community to join them and... Saturday, February 4th, mm-hmm. that's the day to do it. Tell us about it. It really is. And you know, every year the uh, a community, and it's a, it's a really this great committee, the, the Luncheon, Tea, and Silent Auction Committee have put together a tea event for several years. And every year they look at what is a particular need that the sisters have at the retreat house? Is there a particular project that needs some additional funding? And so when the heating and cooling system went down and the, the bill started to be deposited and it was like, wow, what can we do? The committee said, we want to be able to raise funds for this year's tea to help offset some of the costs that have accumulated to install. You know, there's 40 units, 40 different retreat rooms. There's four halls for those of you who have been there. So each hall has 10 rooms, 40 rooms. So what the tea committee wants to do is we'd like to cover the cost of at least 10 of those rooms. That's about $41,000 worth of funding to raise through the tea, through the ticket sales, but also through the silent auction and for anybody making a donation. You know, and some people may not be able to come to the tea, but boy, if you would like to help to offset the cost for us to be able to provide just a really a, a, a warm and then a very cool environment for our retreatants to have every day out of the year, you can make a contribution to the sisters on their website. You can, you know, mail them a check. But boy, I think with coming to the luncheon and the tea, uh, it's it's that community. You talked about mm-hmm. community. People who have been to the retreat house, uh, you just walk in the door and you find joy, you find peace, you hear laughter, you know the sisters are praying. And it's such a beautiful place to bring people together and to nourish people's faith. That's why it's called Our Lady of Peace. We want people to experience peace. That peace comes from the joy of Jesus Christ. And you feel that when you come into a place and it will be decorated. Uh, the theme, Brenda, this year is called It's for Our Lady of Sorrows. Every year, the Tea Committee wants to honor Our Lady with one of those beautiful titles. So this year, it's to honor Our Lady of Sorrows. And of course, it's the Franciscan Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Sorrows. So she's very dear to our heart. Uh, And in those times of sorrowfulness, we go to community, we go to our faith, Mm -hmm. we go to prayer, and the sisters are there to support us in those times of joy and of sorrow. So if you are available, now would be the time to get your ticket to Our Ladies Lunch and Tea and Silent Auction. Again, it's coming up Saturday, February 4th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. They've already got a good bunch of those tickets already purchased. So there's just a few more. So if you have the ability to help in any way, please head over to their webpage. You can find out more information. There is limited seating and really come together to help our sisters who are there for us Mm -hmm. every day of the year. Well, speaking of Our Lady of Peace retreat, we're in these ordinal numbers of the church. Uh, Just seven of them will go by before it's Ash Wednesday. And boy, it would be great that this tea be so successful so that way the sisters, well, they can focus on that beautiful Ash Wednesday retreat that's already scheduled 
got a great guest that's going to be leading the day. It is so. It's always special to have a priest or a bishop or an archbishop speak and to have Archbishop Lasney here. He's real close to the sisters, spiritually, definitely, but he also physically lives close to the sisters. So he will be leading a talk for the Ash Wednesday Day Retreat. Archbishop Lasney, his theme this year is the High Way of Love. And, you know, the, the Ash Wednesday Retreat has been going on, I don't know how many years, but this annual opportunity, it's just a day starts at nine in the morning, ends about 2.30. You have time for mass, opportunity for confession. An archbishop will give two different talks in the morning and the afternoon. There's time for prayer and a little luncheon as well to get you ready for the Lenten season and to really look at, okay, what's going to happen on my Lenten journey and to be in community. So the sisters love to host this. Uh, we want to fill the church. That, uh, that retreat chapel is just such a beautiful place to come and pray. And I think with Archbishop Lasnik, coming. It's going to be a lovely day, Ash Wednesday. So for those of you who work, maybe you take Ash Wednesday off, you come on retreat, you just get really started. This is where we enter into a new liturgical season. We had Advent and Christmas, we've had a little bit of a break, and now let's move into the 40-day journey with our Lord and Our Lady of Peace wants you to come in and really experience some of the Lenten journey with them. Their stations at the cross, opportunities for retreat. It kicks off on Ash Wednesday this year, the 22nd of February. It's right around the corner. Just a month away. And Dina Marie, as we were preparing for our time this morning to talk, you were talking about Bishop Vlasny and just his beautiful witness to his faith and just his ability to tell stories. Just a really incredible person to lead us. It is so joyful. And, and last year when he spoke at the Sisters at Our Lady of Peace, I just sat back and I looked at him and the laughter and the joy, but the real wisdom, what I really have found is the wisdom that we hear through life experience. You know, being a priest, of being a bishop, of being an archbishop, of shepherding people through through good times and not so good times. You know, you and I are married, Brendan, it's for the good times and the bad, mm -hmm. for the sorrows, for sickness and in health. You know, the Lord provides, but we have to trust in him in our vocation. And I really invite people, if there's any time that you can take advantage of being around our priests and our shepherds, do it. And this this Ash Wednesday retreat, you know, just to hear Archbishop Vlasny, he's got this twinkle in his eye. You can see the joy and it comes from serving Christ. It comes from being a priest, you know, to loving the people, to sharing the joy of Jesus and to bring the sacraments to people. And he always just will bring these stories of communities, of schools, of parishes, you know, just of what he's experienced, the daily life of a, of a priest and an archbishop. Uh, we're really blessed to have the bishops that we have here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Oh, for sure. Well, it's just, again, such a wonderful opportunity uh, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Just right in the middle of your week to begin this Lenten journey, a perfect opportunity to uh, receive your ashes, spend time mm -hmm. with the Lord, spend time with the sisters, and of course, Archbishop Blasney shaping up to be such a beautiful opportunity. Dina Marie, now remind our listeners where online people should go, not only to find out more and register for the 
Ash Wednesday retreat, but also about, you know, getting in on that lunch and tea and silent auction. Right, Brenda. Well, it's easy to go to the OLPretreat.org website, information about the whole schedule for the year, of course, the tea. And if anybody listening would like to contribute to the sisters for the heating and cooling units, it's a a little over a million dollar project that the sisters have undertaken. Uh, This particular lunch and tea and silent auction is going to help offset a little bit of that, but we're grateful for the generosity. And the sisters are really entrusting all of this to St. Joseph. There's these little prayer cards around the convent, you know, really uh, really inviting St. Joseph to intercede on their behalf and their particular needs. And they trust we do the work that we need to do each day. We trust the Lord and we give thanks. So I'd encourage you, olpretreat.org. And I'm the web mistress, so I'll see those emails that come across the website. If you've got questions, there's a great way to find out more about what's happening at Our Lady of Peace Retreat. And we look forward to seeing people there coming up through the Lenten season. Well, fantastic. Well, Dana Marie, it is always great to talk with you. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brenda. You guys have a great day. And again, that is our friend Dana Marie Hale on the podcast of this interview. I will go ahead and get those links that Dana Marie was just talking about. So that way you can get right to our Lady of Peace retreat and find out all the information about the Ash Wednesday retreat. And of course, the lunch and tea. You're going to find that podcast, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 755 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning. Well, the weekend's coming up. Maybe you're going to do a little garage cleaning. Maybe you have an old vehicle in the garage you'd like to get rid of. How about thinking about Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program? Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. All the information is right there, quick and easy. So it's an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV. You can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program and a likely tax deduction for you as well. All the information on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio. KBV in Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator, K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at materdayradio.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 
It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Now, the inflation number is looking a little better. We'll have those for you coming up. And preparations are underway to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Pope Francis' papacy. It's to be celebrated with joy and fervor. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today, we celebrate the Feast of St. Hilary of Poultier. Born in France around the year 310, Hilary was born to a pagan family and was given a high-level secular education. Later, he studied the Old and New Testaments and found them so utterly moving, he and his wife and daughter converted to Christianity. His daughter would later become Saint Abra. As with most saints, his Christian journey was not all rainbows and sunshine. Being a gentle and courteous man with a good grasp on the Christian faith, he was quickly nominated to become Bishop of Poultier, which he didn't desire, but accepted the position humbly. Now, during this time, the heresy of Arianism was running rampant in the church. Arianism basically teaches that Jesus did not coexist with God eternally. It's heresy of anti-Trinitarian and puts forth that Jesus was lesser than God the Father. St. Hilary fought all his life to correct this false teaching. He took up pen and paper, writing many dissertations to support the Holy Trinity. As you can imagine, this caused him to collect a lot of enemies in his lifetime, including the Emperor Constantinus, who exiled him to Pyrogia for four years. During that time, he worked tirelessly to catechize confused Catholics to the truth of the Trinity in love and patience. He passed away having successfully seen Arianism defeated in his lifetime and was declared a doctor of the faith in 1851. When we stand for the truth, we have to expect some tension. Our fallen human nature forces us to push back even when it's against something good. When we live a Christian life, we adopt the triumphs and crosses of our Lord and Savior. Anticipate persecution, whether big or small. Jesus didn't deliver messages and expect a peaceful, immediate acceptance. He knew he'd be stirring the hornet's nest, no matter how lovingly he presented the gospel because of our free will. We can have the kindest of demeanors and the purest of intentions in sharing our Christian views, and the world is so quick to attack and ridicule. Even our very presence can be convicting. For those of us who hate conflict like myself, this can be really difficult. It's easier to say nothing in the moment and let people continue living their fallen states. But we're not called to stand back and watch the world destroy itself. On the opposite side of the spectrum, for people who enjoy good verbal sparring, the key to sharing the gospel is doing so in a charitable and patient manner, just as St. Hilary encouraged people to do so, just as Jesus himself taught. Above all things, let's focus on pursuing our own sainthood. The greatest testament to our faith is how it changes us, heals us, and reveals the love of Christ through us. We might not think our words and actions matter to someone else, but in the grand scheme of things, it could be what sparks the Holy Spirit to move in a restless heart. St. Hilary of Potier, pray for us. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, preparations are underway to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis. The executive committee of the Argentine Bishops Conference invited the country's faithful to celebrate with joy and fervor. 
the 10th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis as the successor of St. Peter. Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio, then Archbishop of Buenos Aires, was elected pontiff on March 13th, 2013, on the second day of the conclave following the resignation of Pope Benedict XVI. Pope Francis is the first Latin American pope and the first Jesuit to serve as pontiff in the history of the Catholic Church. In a letter, the Argentine bishops, headed by Bishop Oscar Ojea, encouraged the Diocese of Argentina to join the celebration from March 11th to March 19th, marking the 10th anniversary of the start of Pope Francis' Petrine ministry in order to renew, along with our holy faithful people of God, the affection for the Holy Father. All right. A full week of joy and fervor. That sounds good to me. It looks, sounds like a party I think I'd like to be at. No doubt. Well, for the first time in nearly three years, inflation fell on a monthly basis. Consumer prices decreased by 0.1% in December, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported Thursday in its Consumer Price Index. The last time prices were lower than the previous month, May 2020. It's been a while. It has been. So Thursday's report was the first inflation report of the new year and the last before the Federal Reserve meets at the end of the month to determine how aggressively it will tackle rising costs. Economists had expected the latest CPI data to show a decrease, given that gas prices are down from their record high this summer. The prices for regular unleaded gasoline fell 9.6% from November, along with fuel costs, prices for used cars and trucks, airline fares, and hospital services fell from November to December. Have you noticed that at the gas pumps? Oh, absolutely. I have. Yeah, for sure. So that's a relief. I liked it. Well, Catholic News Agency reports that among the latest in an ongoing series of attacks on Catholic churches in the United States, St. Mary's Catholic Church in Escondido, California, has been vandalized three times since Christmas. Father Scott Herrera, the church's pastor, told CNA Thursday that he believes the vandal who was caught on security cameras in all three incidences, the same person. Father Herrera said that police notified him that a suspect was apprehended in connection with the vandalism. The suspect's identity, however, has not been revealed yet to the church. Herrera told CNA that the vandal caused more than $20,000 in damages, and the church, he said, will have to find another $20,000 to pay for security measures such as new cameras, a guard, and door locks. And the priest told CNA that while he considers the crimes a hate crime because the religious images that were targeted, he hopes that the perpetrator of these crimes will seek help Mm. if needed. That's your old hometown, isn't it? That's what is so incredible. When I opened up this article this morning, not only is Escondido my hometown, my mom and dad and brothers still live there. Right. St. Mary's was my school. Oh, wow. That is the elementary school, first Mm. through eighth grade. I was taught there by the teachers and nuns who uh, resided. Boy, it's been tough sledding for the newspaper industry, and it's not getting any easier Medford's Mail Tribune, one of Oregon's oldest operating news organizations, will be shutting down. That word from the newspaper's publisher and CEO, Stephen Saslow. The Mail Tribune has been in decline the past several months. It stopped producing a print edition in September and will cease its digital format today. Saslow says that declines in advertising spending and difficulty hiring staff 
forced the closure. The Tribune's sister paper, the Ashland Daily Tidings, closed in 2021. The newspaper's closure, not surprising given the national trend. Since 2005, more than 2,500 papers have closed their doors. Included in that list, the Archdiocese of Portland's Catholic mm-hmm. Sentinel newspaper that printed its last edition this past September. What I find alarming with this is the the idea of who then tells the story. I know. Who tells the story of Medford now if no paper is there to record these small businesses, these stories of, uh, you know, heroic virtue yep. and just life within a, a city in southern Oregon? It's a great point. Yeah. Sad to hear that. Well, the Clark County Sheriff's Office announced Thursday that Deputy John Feller will not be charged in for shooting and killing an off-duty Vancouver police officer, Donald Sahota. The Washington Association of Persecuting Attorneys reviewed the incident, which involved Sahota's run-in with a burglar suspect in January of last year. Feller claims to have shot Sahota, thinking he was the armed suspect. And the Clark County prosecuting attorney requested a review involving the Washington Association of Prosecuting Attorneys, but the group of experts was split on whether Feller should be charged. The decision then fell to the prosecuting attorney, Tony Golick, who said in a letter that he would not be pursuing charges. And in sports, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Mm-mm. What are you doing? The NFL playoffs get started in earnest with a full slate of wild card games. The action begins tomorrow as the San Francisco 49ers, uh, my San Francisco 49ers, 49ers, host the Seattle Seahawks at 1.30 on Fox Television. I told you I'm getting all of my stuff done in the morning, all of my list of chores. Armchair refereeing, that's, that's right. your afternoon I'm, duty. I'm, I'm getting it all done, so at 4.30... I'm sitting down watching that game. So the two teams, obviously very familiar with one another. They're division rivals. I don't know. They played twice this year already, I think. I got to go back and look, but I I believe that's the case. Uh, Five o'clock tomorrow evening, Brenda. Uh Uh-huh. Your Los Angeles Chargers. Let's bring it. They're they're in Florida to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's on NBC. Then Sunday's pairings have the Dolphins at the Bills. The Giants traveling to the Vikings and the Ravens at the Bengals. There's actually a Monday night wild card game. What? Yeah, how about that? Dallas Cowboys face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Florida. In Is Tampa that one going to be on ESPN? I believe that's the case. Yeah, I'll okay. have to check on that. But All yeah, right, because that would make sense yeah. if they have the Monday night game. Yeah, there you go. Well, Rory McCarthy was shocked to find an 82-year-old Navy veteran and widower still working it out eight to nine hour shifts at Walmart. He realized at that moment, well, he could put his social media influence towards a good cause, helping raise $108,000 in just a few days. McCarty gave it all to help the man finally retire. Now, Warren Marion walked into Walmart in Cumberland, Maryland for the final time last week after having handed in a two-week notice. He was greeted with cheers, balloons, and a large check. McCarty runs an extermination business called the Bug Boys. And in true 21st century story, managed to amass a social media following of more than 300,000 people simply by showing videos 
of the creepy crawlies that he runs across during his daily work. Well, Mr. McCarty opened up a GoFundMe page on December 19th and told all of his bug followers about it in a video he posted of them both in December has been viewed over 3 million times. No kidding. And the GoFundMe page, well, it met its goal in just a few days. From bugs to riches. Here you go. That's a great story. (laughs) It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, coming up January 20th through the weekend is the Retrovi Retreat at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. Registration is $300 per couple and ends very, very soon. No one, though, is denied the chance to heal their marriage due to financial challenges and assistance is available. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, MontredayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Terry Ross, the host of Glory of the Mask, going to join us after the forecast. You said he's got a really interesting uh, program this time. This is really great. Please listen to this because before we talk about his preview for his episode, he knew very well Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth favorite symphonies, and he explains them. All right, that's up next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? The easiest way is Monterey Radio's Marian calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at MonterdayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork uplifting messages of faith, 
and a full listing of all Our Lady's Feast Days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary Media app or MontredayRadio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 813 at Day Radio. Well, I just refreshed my weather and guess what? What's that? It hasn't changed. Oh. <laughs> 80% chance of rain. Right on through the weekend. So, good day for watching football, I think, tomorrow. A good weekend to do a whole lot of watching of things. It does look like we uh, move into next week. Might actually have a couple of breaks in the waterworks. That'd be nice. Really mild, though. High today, 55 degrees. Low tonight, 46, and then about 53 for Saturday. Currently, it is 47 degrees at uh, Sacred Heart Catholic Church up in Battleground. And 49 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. Well, it is a new year and another opportunity, well, to start the new year with previews of the glory of the Mass. Every week, Terry Ross brings you beautiful sacred liturgical music relevant to that weekend of the year. He's joining me today. We are going to preview the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. Terry, thanks so much for joining us this morning. And I guess we can still say Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Brenda. Before we get to the preview, Terry, you're such an expert in music, and I wanted to talk to you about this. Recently on The Morning Blend, we talked about the favorite music of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Of course, he was laid to rest at the beginning of the month. But in a recent article that we talked about on The Morning Blend, Alatea.org had mentioned some of the favorite music of Pope Benedict XVI. He loved classical music. And in this article, it said that Mozart was one of his favorite. In fact, Mozart was his favorite artist or composer, and his favorite music included operas, The Magic Flute and Don Giovanni. What do you know about those operas that you can tell us? Well, Don Giovanni is one of the great operas of all time. The Magic Flute is a comic opera, so it's, but it's very delightful. Mozart somehow, in his 35 years, found time to write nine or ten operas, 41 symphonies, uh, 27 piano concertos, and a million other pieces as well. Um, he really put himself into his operas, so he loved operas. He was, we, we can assume he was a sort of charismatic guy, a guy who liked performing in public. Uh, so he liked the idea of jumping around and showing people how to do the operas. And he also, uh, one of the uh, Benedict's other favorite pieces was Eine kleine Nachtmusik, uh, which means a little night music, sort of an incidental piece that Mozart uh, wrote for four, really can be played by a string quartet, usually played by 12 or 16 string instruments, and it's probably the most played of all Mozart's music. Wow. Now, Pope Benedict had also said that his favorite of all was the Requiem Mass, and that was the first concert that Pope Benedict had ever attended. The Requiem Mass of Mozart, kind of a popular piece too, you said. Very much so. He was working on it when he died. It was it was finished by others. He whether he knew it was his own requiem or not, no one's sure. But he died before he finished that piece. And it's a magnificent Requiem Mass. 
A close second to Mozart, a favorite of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, was Bach. Yeah, but Bach is a huge composer. Um, his two great pieces, are, I think, for choral music are the B minor Mass and the St. Matthew Passion. And those are two of Benedict's favorite Bach pieces as well. So, yeah, all I can say is Pope Benedict had really good taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> I think many would definitely agree with you. Perhaps if you are well, just having a little extra time this week and you can look those uh, pieces of music up and listen to them and pray for the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth. Well, let's talk about this week's preview, Terry. It's the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. Our liturgical readings are back to cycle A. And for this weekend's Glory of the Mass, you have a new composer that you're introducing to us. Tell us about it. Yes, I am. I'm introducing the music of James Healy Willen, W-I-L-L-A-N. Willen is a composer who was born in England, uh, but spent his career in Canada. Uh, actually in Toronto, Um, and he wrote much music during his lifetime, 800 pieces, including operas, symphonies, chamber music, pieces for band, orchestra, organ, and piano, as well as choral music. Um, At the age of 41, he became the organist choir master of the Church of St. Mary Magdalene in Toronto, and he remained there until his death uh, 27 years later. Uh, the pieces that we're going to hear by Willen are actually sung by the choir of St. Mary Magdalene in Toronto, although not, not under Willen's direction. They were recorded after him. Um, he became a North... That, that, that church, St. Mary Magdalene's, became a North American mecca for choral and Anglican church music. Uh, he founded the Tudor Singers, which he conducted uh, for five years, and... Uh, all all, I think he's a good composer, and I think people will be interested to hear his Mass. It's called his Mass 12. Uh, doesn't give you much idea what, what's okay. in it, but we're hearing the whole Mass. The Kyrie, the Gloria, the Credo, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei. Oh, perfect. Now, for listeners, we know that you just said that Willen is a modern composer yeah. from the 20th century. That's right. Wrote in the Renaissance style. Now, Terry, if you were to listen to an actual composer from the Renaissance period and listen to his music, and then compared it to Willen's interpretation, we'll say, of Renaissance-style music, would they sound the same, or would you be able to pick up elements that are more modern from Willen's uh, compositions? You'd have to be a pretty good musician to pick up elements that are more modern, because Willen... Uh, as as near as he could, he tried to write in that, what they called the stile antico, the old style, the style that Bach wrote the first part of his B minor mass in, the Kyrie. Um, he was trying to hark back to Palestrina, mm-hmm. who he considered a master, and so was Helen. Well, Terry Ross is joining us today. We are getting a preview of a fresh new year of the glory of the mass you can hear the new episodes right here at Mater Day Radio and, of course, on the Hail Mary Media app. Well, we're excited for this episode. Yeah, it's going to be episode number 176 coming up this weekend. It's featuring the music by Healy Willen. But we're also going to preview a little piece of music right now. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Well, into this uh, program, I threw a number of pieces called Jubilate Deo, um, two of them anyway. Um, the first one that you'll hear on, in the program is by Josquin. The second one is by another composer, Viadana, an Italian composer of the Renaissance. And uh, here is his Jubilate Deo. In other words, celebrate God. is definitely very joyful music. Tell us a little bit about this choir. It, the choir is a women's choir um, from uh, France, but they're called the Frauenchor. So they have a German name. So they're sort of on the on the borderline between France and Germany. Oh, but well, it's all women and women and uh, and children, women and oh. girls. Wonderful. Well, I wonder if there wasn't a, a very nice evening where Pope Emeritus Benedict sat with his cat and maybe had a cup of tea and listened to one of those choirs. Terry, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for all of your insight into the beautiful music that Pope Emeritus Benedict loved. And of course, thank you for previewing another great week of the glory of the Mass. It's my pleasure. And again, you can see the full playlist of The Glory of the Mass. Head over to our webpage, click on the programming menu. There you'll find The Glory of the Mass. This is the episode 176. You'll be able to get a full playlist at materdayradio.com. And it is 823 at Mater Radio. Great program, Glory of the Mass. You know another great program? What's that? View from the Pew. Oh, thanks for that. That's tonight, 7.30, right here, Mater Day Radio. What are you guys talking about? We're talking about the way that the church had healing prayer as part of it and how there's a new kind of renewal of healing ministry through Encounter Ministries. All right, well, we'll look forward to that. Again, that is View from the Pew, 7.30 tonight or any time on your Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Sister Regina of Our Lady of Peace Retreat, inviting you to join us on Saturday, February 4th, for Our Lady's Luncheon Tea and Silent Auction. This special event honors Our Lady of Sorrows, and all proceeds will go toward the recent installation of 40 new heating and cooling units in our retreat rooms. You'll have fun bidding on beautiful silent auction items, enjoy delicious sweets and savories from our kitchen, and spend time with the sisters. The silent auction begins at 11 a.m., followed by a scrumptious lunch and tea from noon until 2. To reserve your seat or a table for you and your friends, visit our website at olpretreat.org. 
That's olpretreat.org. The sisters at Our Lady of Peace Retreat look forward to seeing you at the T on Saturday, February 4th. God bless you. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 826 at Mater Day Radio. The cancer death rate is on the decline. We'll have the numbers for you in the news. And where do faith and science intersect? Well, it seems like Texas. That's the place that it's happening. All right. I'll explain that story for you coming up in news. Here is Rita West now with Victor. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Rita West and Victor. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, the Word on Fire Institute announced its inaugural Wonder Conference, a conference on faith and science, an opportunity to engage with theologians and other experts on important issues at the intersection of the Catholic faith and secular culture. Bishop Barron joined EWTN News Nightly to tell you more. I think it's one of the most compelling issues of our time, because when you survey young people and you ask them, why are you, why did you leave the church? Very often the answer comes back because religion and science are incompatible. And, and if they're set up as, as opponents, who's going to win today? Well, the sciences are going to win. I've been against this for years. I've been speaking out against this way of understanding the, the, the issue. And so this conference is dedicated to the coming together of faith and science. We have some high-level science people coming. We have some very high-level faith people coming. And we want to demonstrate at this conference that this um, opposition between faith and science is, is, is false. Well, keynote speakers include Bishop Robert Barron, also Father Robert Spitzer, and Father Joachim Osterman. The conference in person is happening in Grapevine, Texas. Thousands of people have registered, and in-person registration is closed. In fact, it closed over a month ago, but there is opportunity to join the conference online. I wonder if they're going to have the, uh, I forget what his name is, you know, he does the Vatican Telescope. Oh. Yeah, he'd be great. I'm sure that yeah. they have they've got a few names that I didn't dare try to pronounce on the air, so it's quite possible he may be among them. Well, the American Cancer Society has some encouraging new numbers. It reports that the rate of people dying from cancer in the United States has continuously declined over the past three decades. The US cancer death rate has fallen. 33% since 1991, which corresponds to its estimated 3.8 million deaths averted, according to the report. Now, the report attributes this steady progress to improvements in cancer treatment, drops in smoking, and increases in early detection. The new report found that the five-year relative survival rate for all cancers combined has increased from 49% for diagnosis in the mid-1970s to 68% for diagnosis during 2012 to 18. The cancer types that now have the highest survival rates are thyroid cancer at 98% and prostate cancer at 97%. Well, Starbucks corporate employees will be returning to the office at least three days a week by the end of the month. Starting January 30th, employees within commuting distances will be required to report to the coffee giant's headquarters. Now, the memo didn't specify, though, what qualified as commuting distance. Workers closer to regional office will also be required to come in three days a week, although those specific days aren't mandated. The coffee giant's corporate workforce has been working remotely since the start of the pandemic. Then in September, Starbucks asked those workers who work from the uh, work from office to come in one to two days a week. But CEO Howard Schultz wrote in a memo to employees on Wednesday that badging data showed employees were not adhering to that directive. 
Now, Starbucks isn't the only company that has recently mandated a stricter return to office policy. CEO Bob Iger, who has returned for his second leadership stint at Disney, told employees on Monday that they must return to the office. Elon Musk set even higher expectations for in-office attendance at Twitter after he acquired the social media company. And Apple mandated employees return to work three days a week back in September. So what do you do when you work at Twitter? Uh, You know, I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Apparently those who still have their jobs there having to do a whole lot considering the number of employees that recently have been laid off. You just look at tweets all day? I suppose. I I don't know. Now, some sad news in the entertainment world this morning. The only child of the late Elvis Presley and wife Priscilla, Lisa Marie Presley, died yesterday after suffering apparent cardiac arrest. She was just 54. Presley was transported by first responders to West Hills Hospital and Medical Center after an episode of cardiac arrest earlier Thursday at her home in Calabasas, California, according to her mother, who thanked everyone for their love and prayers. Presley's death comes just several days after her and her mother attended the Golden Globe Awards in Los Angeles to support the movie Elvis. Actor Austin Butler, who portrayed her dad in the film, ended up winning Best Actor. Lisa Marie Presley had several high-profile marriages during her life, including to the late singer Michael Jackson and actor Nicolas Cage. So, yeah, Shocking news, really. Really shocking news. And it's just real sad to hear that, too. So praise for her soul, Mm -hmm. praise for her family that she leaves behind, especially her young children. Yeah. Well, if you think traffic around the Portland metro area is becoming worse, you might be right. A transportation analytics firm released a new report detailing how traffic congestion stacked up among major cities Across the United States in 2022. Surprisingly, Portland ranked as the 12th most congested U.S. city and 37th worldwide, according to the annual Global Traffic Scorecard released by INRIX. Now, this firm looked at congestion and mobility trends in more than a thousand cities across 50 countries. The Rose City didn't fare as well as its North. West metropolitan neighbor of Seattle, which placed 93rd nationally. That surprises me. That does kind of surprise me, too, because I've been in Seattle during traffic. Yeah, it's not fun. Not only is congestion an issue for Portland drivers, the firm also found that it caused people to waste time and money. The average driver lost 72 hours sitting in traffic, which came with a cost of $1,216, according to the same report. And the amount of time lost is a 50% increase compared to 2021. Hmm. So the top cities, though, in the United States with the worst congestion, Chicago, Illinois, number one, followed by Boston, Massachusetts, New York City, Philadelphia, Hmm. then Miami. Where was the City of Angels on that list? Uh, well, I suppose if I pulled up the full okay, 10 list, I the... did not look. Okay. They were not in the top five. That's I thought that's it was interesting. interesting. These are all East Coast cities right, that were yeah. Eastern huh. uh, of, of uh, the country. Now, the uh, most congested city in the world, London. London, England. London. And huh. uh, yeah, so it'd be hard to get around there, apparently. Yeah, no doubt. 
In sports, the Portland Trail Blazers losing streak continues. Last night at the Moda Center, the Blazers fell to the Cleveland Cavaliers 119 to 113. If you're keeping track, that's five losses in a row now for Portland, who has dropped nine of its last 11 overall. All-star guard Damian Lillard, though, he did have a really good game. He scored 50 points last night. Blazers host the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow evening. Men's college hoops down in Corvallis. Oregon State fell to ninth-ranked Arizona, 86-74. In Eugene, Oregon lost to Arizona State, 90-73. Lone bright spot, though, right up at the Child Center here in town. University of Portland defeated the San Francisco Dons, 92-87. So tomorrow, a couple of big games for the Pilots. The men are on the road playing at one of the top-ranked teams in the country, Gonzaga. University of Portland women, who are undefeated in West Coast Conference play, I think they're 5-6-0, and oh, they host the 20th-ranked Gonzaga Ooh. women team at the Child Center. That's a 5 o'clock tip. I think it's on TV as well. So it's going to be a good, good basketball game. And when is that women's game? Tomorrow afternoon, Tomorrow, evening, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Yep. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Wow, that'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. While Roman Catholics are accustomed to the annual blessing of water at the Easter Vigil, Eastern Christians perform a similar ceremony on Epiphany. And this particular feast day in the Eastern Church has a multiple levels to it, and one of those is the commemoration of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. And in addition to a solemn blessing of water within the church building, many Orthodox and Byzantine Christians will schedule a time to bless the nearest source of living water, whether it is a lake, river, even the ocean. And in some regions, such as Eastern Europe, an additional tradition involves the throwing and retrieving of a cross into the source of water to symbolize Christ's blessing of the Jordan River. Now, the tradition is a priest surrounded by brave young men and boys throws a cross into the sea, either from the harbor or from a boat at sea. The minute the cross leaves the priest's hand, the divers jump into the water to catch the cross. And the lucky one who finds and returns the cross is blessed by the priest. As the cross is brought back, then the priest releases a white dove as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And this tradition is carried out to commemorate the baptism of Christ and to bless the waters. And oftentimes a rope, though, will be tied around the cross in places where it's just a little too dangerous to let the men drive in. This tradition is a beautiful one, which symbolizes with it the helping of Christians faithful recall Jesus' baptism in a very powerful way. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On January 20th, beginning at 6 o'clock p.m., running until Saturday, is a men's healing retreat at St. Patrick's Catholic Church in Portland. All men are invited to join St. Patrick's for its annual two-day men's retreat with talks focusing on the healing power and love of Jesus. Both days will begin with Mass, and there will be opportunity for small group discussion personal reflection time, and healing prayer. You can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Well, our good friend Ed Longwell going to join us. He has some big news. We'll have that for you after the forecast. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This February, spend time with women from across the area and arise. Reflect on the beauty of God's marvelous design of womanhood at Holy Redeemer Catholic Parish in Vancouver on February 10th and 11th for the Arise Women's Conference. For the first time ever, this conference will be open to women from middle school through adult with special breakout tracks for youth. Listen to Catholic recording artist and national speaker, Noel Garcia, and discover God's plan for holiness in women and our capacity to love. Registration fee includes conference materials and Saturday lunch and dinner. Information and registration can be found online at holyredeemervan.org. That's holyredeemervan.org. Join for a weekend of friendship, reflection, and arise. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand that together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree. But we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.43 here at Mater Day Radio. We are under cloudy skies again today. Rain falling throughout the day. Temperatures, David, again, real mild today. Highs into the low 50s. They also are calling for an avalanche advisory in effect for the Washington Cascades and Mount Hood in the back area of of the mountain. Be careful if you are heading up to the mountain this weekend. Then overnight, we cool to the mid-40s. Uh, then rain continues through the weekend as we head into next week. Temperature is going to cool down just a little bit. It's currently 46 degrees at St. Anthony's Church in Forest Grove. And it is 48 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. Well, as we teased it just right before we went into the forecast, joining us this morning is a familiar voice to all of our listeners He is the former managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper and soon to be embarking on a new career adventure. Please welcome Mr. Ed Longwa. Good morning, Ed. Happy New Year to you. Good morning, David. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas season. Well, it's nice to talk with you. It's been a while since we've had you on uh, over the uh, back before the Christmas holidays, certainly. So did you have a nice holiday? It was wonderful. I had a lot of family involved, uh, and, and even a trip to the Oregon coast to watch a great big storm. Ooh, that's always fun. Yeah, we were out there when that when that big wind came. Oh man, I know that that's something pretty pretty good sized waves. Oh yeah, and the big trees were being tossed around like toothpicks out there. It was it was really magnificent. Yeah, it's just such a beautiful area to go visit. Rain or shine, it's just always fun to go over to the coast. 
Well, so it's been several months now since the Catholic Sentinel printed its last edition. So uh, I guess have you adjusted to your new lifestyle? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't mind missing all those deadlines one bit, David. Uh, it's, it's been a, a good relaxing time, and time with family and, and to explore a beautiful, beautiful God-created part of the world. Yeah, so much so. And, you know, last time we spoke with you, you were doing some archiving with a, a lot of the Sentinel editions. And so where are you at with that? Well, that's all completed. We mailed uh, old photos off to parishes and monasteries and, and everyone so that they could take tender care of them. Uh, we have our <clears throat> bound Sentinels going all the way back to 1870, packed safely in boxes and at the offices of the Archdiocese of Portland, where They'll be in the good care of Joe Shewick, the archivist there. Oh, nice. So I, I feel happy about that. Oh, that. That's wonderful because that's work to do, obviously, and obviously somebody has to do it, but, I mean, that's history, and to preserve history like that, that's something special. That was my chief concern as we closed down, David, to make sure that that history of our local church, which no one else did, no one else created, is is preserved and accessible to everyone. The CatholicSentinel.org website is still alive, and if you go to the top, there's a little button that says Archives, oh. and you can still go there and, and, and search for anything you want by term. And I, the Archdiocese has a commitment to keep that alive in one way or another. Yeah, that's great to know that that's going to be accessible to folks to go back into the archive to see the history of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper and, of course, the Archdiocese of Portland. You know, let me ask you, too, obviously, being the managing editor of the Sentinel, Pope Benedict, who passed away, his funeral, of course, yesterday, and I believe last night Archbishop Sample did a Mass as well, and you covered Pope Benedict, and just kind of your thoughts on the Pope and, yeah. and your coverage of him over the years. Well, a key figure, David, I, I went back to those archives you were talking about, and I found that the, the first mention of Father Joseph Ratzinger, the future Pope Benedict, was in May 1966, and he was talking about how the Church shouldn't worry about gaining new numbers when it's doing its work. It said it should spread love and serve humankind without worrying about whether it's going to bring people in. He he didn't like that transactional <clears throat> kind of a, approach. Right. He was a great theologian of the era of the Second Vatican Council. We need to remember that. Mm -hmm. He was kind of seen as the leading, one of the leading voices in bringing the Church into the modern world. Uh, the secular journalists just now think of him as a standard bearer for conservatives, but he was much, much more, David, and that goes way back uh, to the 1960s. He was one of the great teachers in Germany at the University of Munster and, and was really looked to. His, his fellow Germans, the, the bishops there, were really resisted the Second Vatican Council, but people like Father Ratzinger brought them along. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, you think about that, going all the way back to the 60s like that, and he's mentioned there and then obviously becomes the Pope. And I think in, in later years, too, a lot was made of his relationship with Pope Francis and whether or not the media played it up. There was even a movie, The Two Popes. I don't know if you saw the movie, yep. but I think it was a good relationship. I think it was. You know, David, it shows what we need in the Church. We uh, Pope Benedict was the, kind of the teacher par excellence, and Pope Francis has been the pastor par excellence. And of course, we need both, David. If mm -hmm. we just had one or the other, we'd be lacking. So I think these two men carry that 
that beautiful uh, in, in balance that beautiful need we have uh, in our church. And and this has been something Pope Benedict or, or Joseph Ratzinger has been doing for a very long time. I mean, you you mentioned when he's becoming pope, but even before that, he was uh, the doctrinal chief for uh, Saint. Pope uh, John Paul II, mm-hmm. and in that role, he really was the the guy who had he had to be the bad cop sometimes, right. and that's how he got this reputation as God's Rottweiler or <laughs> right. the 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 Panzer Cardinal. Yeah, which, <clears throat> but you know what he did was he knew that that was his role at that time. Yeah, uh, and once he became Pope, I think we saw a gentler, fatherly. Mm-hmm. What a humble, gentle man he was. I mean, in his very first homily, we saw that he 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 said, you know, he went to being kind of a universal shepherd. He was he was gentle and even a little shy as a man. Right. And so we saw the grace of the papacy taking effect, and he knew that as pope, he had to be different than than as a prefect of the congregation for the doctrine of the faith. We're speaking with Ed Longwa, former managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper, and thanks, Ed, for the reflection on Pope Benedict. Uh, that's wonderful to hear and, and to go back into the archives and back into the 1960s. But now we move forward, and I want to talk a little bit about your new career move. This is exciting, and so, hey, maybe we're breaking a little news right here on Mater Day Radio this <laughs> morning. So uh, share with us what you're going to be doing. Well, I've had the great blessing, David, to be hired by Catholic Charities of Oregon as their communications director beginning on January 17th. And uh, one of the first things that will be happening is related to our earlier topic. In in early February, uh, Catholic Charities, with Archbishop Sample cooperating, is going to do a Zoom cast on Pope Benedict to talk about the Pope's teaching. He was one of the great teachers on charity and love. One of his encyclicals was called <clears throat> Caritas Deus Est, uh, where he talked about what love really was and how it, you know, it wasn't just a matter of giving people what they want, but also telling them the truth and teaching and, and treating them not just as clients, but as as human beings with great dignity. Now, that's something that Catholic Charities take seriously, and I've noticed that in 30 years of reporting on them. So when that opportunity came open, uh, I was just delighted to apply, and I'm so glad that Catholic Charities has invited me to be part of their team. Uh, that That is exciting, Ed. Congratulations on that. And Catholic Charities of Oregon, such a great organization. And we've had a chance now to visit with their new executive director, Natalie Wood, several times. Yes, you have. And her, her story of, of growing up on the wrong side of the tracks in Texas and, yeah. and having a real heart for the social justice and love of the, and, and faith, I think, has been really inspiring to many of us, and and probably to your listeners, too. Um, No doubt about it. So, well, this is wonderful, because you know what this means? I think we'll be talking with Ed Longwa for a long time. I'm glad about that, David. We've really, whatever the job, we're storytellers to help people love God and love others, and we'll keep those stories coming. He is Ed Longwa, now the new, again, the title? Communications Director, Catholic Charities of Oregon. All right, well, there we go. We've, we Now we got to do a new sounder to bring you on, so we'll, we'll, we'll work on Good. that. Well, great to talk <laughs> with you again. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and congratulations on the new position. Thanks, David. Great to talk to you again and, and to all your listeners. All right, well, God bless. 
and it is 8.53 here at Mater Day Radio. Oh, always a great time to talk mm-hmm. with our friend Ed Longwa, and congratulations on the post. Fantastic. We look forward to having more time to continuing that yeah. relationship with Ed and, of course, to find out more about what is happening at Catholic Charities of Oregon. Now, if you want to know what's happening this weekend right here in the Portland metro area, Salem, Vancouver, well, there's one place to go. That is our community calendar at MontereyRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Deborah works so hard and finds out all of these great events that are happening, many of which happening this weekend. So please go to MontereyRadio.com under the Get Involved menu. You're going to find the community calendar there. You're also going to have access to that calendar on the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. It is free. And then you have access to the calendar plus an integrated map system that'll get you where you need to go also if your church or ministry has an event please email us let us know about it and then deborah will be able to get it on that community calendar more information materdayradio.com support for materday radio comes from our leadership circle members including dr mark bianco family dentist Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman co-hosts of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. We'll take one last look at your forecast as we head into the weekend. 80% chance of rain today, high of 55 degrees. Rain tonight, low of 46, 60% chance of rain for Saturday, high of 53, and a 90% chance of rain for Sunday with a high of 48. So uh, I guess one word you could sum up the weekend, rain. Okay. There it is. Currently 48 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Crowder, our favorite Friday song, Good God Almighty. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Count with the times I've called your name some broken night And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time I get amnesia I forget that you keep coming around There ain't no way you ever
Good God Almighty, that was Crowder. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, thanks for tuning into the Morning Blend all this week. We do appreciate it. You know, if I'm not here on Monday, there's a good chance I won the Mega Millions. <laughs> well, you better share some of that with me then. I'll be happy to. That's right. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. This evening, it is a view from the pew. We're going to be talking about Encounter Ministries, a great school yeah. starting to open in Portland. So find out more information. That podcast available this afternoon on the Hail Mary media app. Have a very blessed day and weekend.